You're listening to Decisive Point, a U.S. Army War College Press production focused on national security affairs. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the authors and are not necessarily those of the Department of the Army, the U.S. Army War College, or any other agency of the U.S. government. Decisive Point welcomes Major John T. Pelham IV, author of Security Force Assistance Brigades and U.S. Indo-Pacific Command Multi-Domain Competition, which was featured in the winter 2022-23 issue of Parameters. Pelham is an armor officer currently serving as Deputy G5 for the 1st Cavalry Division, Fort Hood, Texas. His Master of Military Arts and Science thesis, Examining the Security Force Assistance Brigade's Role in Future Army Strategic Deterrence, was published by the Institute of Land Warfare in September 2021. His article, Examining Capability Gaps in the SFAB Cavalry Squadron, was published in the July 2021 issue of the Cavalry and Armor Journal. Welcome to Decisive Point. I'm really glad you're here. Well, thank you for having me. You take a step back in your article from Joint Force Capabilities and focus instead on analyzing recent U.S. Army operational experience in security force assistance and security cooperation in U.S. Indo-Pacific commands. What problem in the Indo-Pacific does your article address? I I think it's a couple of problems, ma'am. I think, first of all, I I think it's how do we compete with uh, the pacing threat as outlined in the the interim national security strategy and the recently published national security strategy in terms of how do we compete with China and other adversaries in the Indo-Pacific theater, preferably below the level of armed conflict. Uh, Moreover, how do we as an army contribute to the joint force in a theater that is roundly dominated by the air and maritime domains. This project actually came about from a conversation with Brigadier General Lombardo of of Army G357 training. When I was writing my SAMS monograph, I had written my my Master's in Military Arts and Science thesis on the role of the SFAB in future Army strategic deterrence. And from that conversation, he said, you know, what I would be interested to know is what is the Army's contribution to multi-domain competition, particularly in the Pacific theater? And that stems also from a conversation I had with the Chief of Armor, in which a Q&A session with him, I, I said, you know, hey, sir, what, what do you feel is the Armor branch's role in the Indo-Pacific, given the physical constraints of that domain for land force, particularly heavy mechanized forces? And he said something to the effect of, well, most of our allies and partners in the Indo-Pacific theater, they have armies, and most of those armies have a competent mechanized component, and that is where the armor branch can make its contribution, because even if it's not our armor uh, that is serving as a flexible deterrent or enabling competition in the theater below the level of armed conflict, then we can leverage our expertise and our, our ability to work by, with, and through those allies and partners. And that's what that's what got me thinking uh, as an SFAB advisor, then what contribution might the SFAB offer in helping the Army do that beyond mechanized forces or land forces, but really for the entire joint force across all domains? You suggest the U.S. Army re-examine its role in the region. What would that look like? I think this is a question that the Army has has really been analyzing, especially in depth, ever really ever since the quote unquote Pacific pivot between 2012 and 2014 under under the Obama administration with Secretary of State Clinton, in which the, the strategic focus of the United States was beginning to shift from the campaigns in Iraq and Afghanistan and CENTCOM, in which the Army was the supported force, 
to a completely different theater with a completely different threat in which the army under most circumstances would act as the supporting force uh, as opposed to the supported force. And now obviously the army has some enduring and very clear contributions and responsibilities in terms of sustainment via army support to other services, via its executive agent responsibilities. Obviously, the Army Fires Enterprise figures prominently into the joint fires capabilities that the Indo-PACOM commander can bring to bear in the theater, and also contributions of theater air and missile defense. And then also the conventional regionally aligned forces that we provide to the Korean Peninsula and elsewhere. But what these advisor forces allow us to do is really bring to bear the full multi-domain capabilities that already exist there in the region that are inherent in the allies and partners, which again, it optimizes what the army can do for the joint force in that theater in which more often than not they are going to be the supporting arm as opposed to to the supported service pull it all together for us how can the army make full use of security force assistance brigades capabilities i i think ma'am they need to expand the paradigm beyond just simply using the SFABs as a as a tactical level advising force to allied and partnered land components I know the the images are popular of SFAB advisors uh, conducting live fire training with allies and partners with enabling joint and multinational exercises. And, And these things are all vitally important, both in terms of demonstrating our commitment to allies and partners, but also demonstrating our resolve to our adversaries. But I I think that they have so much more potential to offer in terms of operational level and even strategic level outcomes as well, because they've got the ability to embed with allies and partners in a way that creates an enduring presence within enemy A2AD networks that negates the need to penetrate those networks uh, in a conventional fashion oftentimes. But they serve again as the hub that connects those multinational partners to the overall joint force to allow command and control beyond just the formal command and control hierarchy, whether that be a lead nation, whether it be a parallel coalition structure, what have you, but also to integrate the multi-domain capabilities that those allies and partners have as well, because they don't just have to be embedded with the land component. They could be augmented and embedded with allied partners' cyber capabilities. They could be embedded with air component, maritime component, because they don't necessarily have to be subject matter experts in that as long as they're properly augmented. But either way, due to the fact that they are natural and doctrinally trained LNOs, they still serve as the connective tissue or that hub that can tie those capabilities and those organizations back to the Joint Force Commander. Give us your final thoughts on it. I am not offering up this thesis as a, as a cure-all or a one-size-fits-all solution. I'm just merely offering these thoughts as a suggestion to the Army at the institutional level and really the Joint Force overall as, as a way to really maximize the Army's contribution to multi-domain competition in the Indo-Pacific theater, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. If you enjoyed this topic and would like to learn more, read the article at press.armywarcollege.edu parameters. Look for volume 52, issue four. If you enjoyed this episode of Decisive Point and would like to hear more, you can find us on any major podcast platform. 